0: There's nobody like you, God. We've seen kings and presidents. We've seen prime ministers and governors, but nobody like Jesus. Oh God, we've come in this place to worship you. We come to give you glory and honor. We've come to praise your name. We've come to bless you and give you praise, oh God. We worship you, we bless you, we adore you, we extol you. Nobody like you. Oh God, we worship you, we bless you. And as we open up your word, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would indeed speak to us. Have your way in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a praise, because he's wonderful. This has been rich, learning about all of the different islands and countries. Amen? Amen. And now we're going to learn something about the word of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 38. I'll read in your hearing beginning at verse 7 through 13. It says, Now Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs who was in the king's house heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon. When the king was sitting at the gate of Benjamin, Ebit melech went out of the king's house and spoke to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast in the dungeon. And he is likely to die from hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take from here thirty men with you, and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he dies. Now here we have a story of a conspiracy Everybody was upset with the man of God. And so they devised a plan to kill him. They decided to do this by putting him in the dungeon. And they figured that nobody would know that he was there. It wasn't really a dungeon, it was an old cistern, it was an old well. Most of the water was gone, but the Bible says that he was stuck in the muck and the mire. And so Jeremiah was there in the muddy cistern, and he was left there to die. And nobody said anything about it. The king knew he was, the king sent him there. The generals and everybody knew what was going on, but nobody said anything. That is until the Ethiopian eunuch decided that he was going to do something about it. I wonder what made Ebed Melik decide to do something about this. He was a foreigner in a strange country. He was a minority. He was of the African diaspora. and. And it probably would have been best for him if he would have just been quiet and sat down somewhere. I mean, if that country was anything like this country, it was a wonder he wasn't in prison himself. In this country, uh, if you are a black person, whether you're from the Caribbean, Africa, here, whatever, you are 7.6 times more likely to end up in prison. If you're Hispanic, you are uh, at least three times more. If you are Pacific Islander and Asian, you are still at least two times more likely to end up in prison than the average majority culture in this country. And so if that country was anything like this country, he was one step from prison himself. So he made it. Somehow, he got past the prison and was in the palace. And if he wanted to stay there, he had better keep his mouth quiet. He finally made it out. He finally got that big deluxe apartment in the sky. He was moving on up. But for some reason, he couldn't sleep at night. For some reason, he felt that he had to do Sure, people said, now you got to be careful who you align yourself with. You can't just uh, use your political power to help any and everybody. Everybody's going to want a handout, everybody is going to want something from you. But he decided that he was going to help Jeremiah. And that was big because he helped a Jew. That was big. I, I mean, you know, we help people sometimes especially if they're from our country. But if they're not, sometimes we don't want to fool with people. Oh, no, she's not from Trinidad. Oh, no, she's not from Jamaica. Girl, she's just from St. Eustatius. Or, 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 oh, no, uh, they're not from Tonga or even Samoa. They're from Tuvalu. Or, or sometimes we, we say, uh, uh, they're not from New York, they're not from L.A., they're just from Heming. And we don't want to fool with them. And truth be told, though, sometimes we'll help people who look like us, even if they're not from our country. So chances are we may help somebody from Montserrat before we help somebody from Mexico. I'm preaching now. Sometimes we'll help somebody from Hemet before we'll help somebody from Idaho. Hello, somebody. But Ebed Malik was willing to cross the color line. He was willing to cross the class line. He was willing to cross the geographical line and maybe even the religion line. And he threw out the lifeline to help Jeremiah in need. If we kept reading, you would have seen that. They sent 30 men to go rescue Jeremiah out of the pit. And I can just hear them trying to pull him up and say, man, leave him down there. He's heavy, man. Just leave him down there. Nobody cares about this old man. And I can just hear that that saying, he's not heavy. He's my brother. And so he got him out and He was a blessing to him. And the Bible says that when Jeremiah was freed in the next chapter, God had a word of the Lord found in Jeremiah chapter 39, verse 16. It says, go and speak to Ebed-Melech. The Ethiopian saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for adversity and not for good, and they shall be performed in that day before you. But I will deliver you in that day, says the Lord. You shall not be given into the hand of the men of whom you are afraid, for I will surely deliver you, and you shall not fall by the sword, but your life shall be as a prize to you because you have put your trust in me. Now when I read that verse and I I saw that the man was blessed, I I just knew the reason was going to be because he was good to the preacher. I would have rather preached that sermon. You see what happens when you're good to the man and woman of God. But that's not what the scripture says. The Bible says that he was blessed because he trusted in God. How then did he show his trust in God? All he did was help somebody out a dungeon. He didn't witness. He didn't baptize anybody. What did he do? How did he show his trust in God? See, I want you to know that when we go to help others, A lot of times the reason why we don't do it is because we don't trust God. Now, how am I going to give you my money, and then I'm not going to have any money? How am I going to help you with your mortgage? Who's going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to be fooling around with your kids when when my kid's out in the street too? A lot of times we don't want to help other people because we're worried about who's going to help us see people on the side of the road. Oh, I, I can't get involved in that mess because I don't need no more drama in my life. Uh, they look like they're in danger, but who's going to come and rescue me? A lot of times we go through life and, and we turn the other cheek, we turn the other eye. We don't want to see what's going on. We don't want to get involved. And many times I believe this verse say it's because we don't trust God. Because God has spoken and said that he's looking for us to help. And if we believed what God said, then we'll know that when we extend ourselves for others, God will extend himself for us. Hebrews six ten says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Proverbs 19, 17 says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. You're not giving to the man that's holding the sign. The Bible says you are lending to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. The Bible says, Proverbs 28, 27, He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will. We'll have many curses. That's what the word of God says. And so many times we hinder ourselves from being blessed because we don't trust God to do what he said. We don't want to get involved. We don't want to fool with other people. And see, the reason that I bring this up today is because we have been talking about going forward on our knees. We have been talking about praying and praising. We've been talking about decreeing and declaring and confessing. And we can do all of that, but we still got to come out the pocket sometime. Hello, somebody. James chapter 2, verse 15 says, If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled. But do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. And so many times, you know, oh, I'll pray for you. Oh, be healed in Jesus' name. Uh, oh, ooh, find a place, find a place. I'm praying, my sister. And then holla. But the Bible says it's not enough to just pray and praise and decree and declare. It says that we have got to do something in their lives. Now y'all, y'all ain't shouting as much as y'all was shouting when I was talking about all His promises, how they come into your life. And now we saying we got them promises and we got to share them. I can't hear nobody pray when 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 the church. Uh, that Isaiah ministered to was they were uh, praying and, and fasting and having these prayer meetings and nothing was happening and they had beef with God they're like God what's up we're praying and you're not answering we're fasting missing meals and stuff and nothing is going on and God answered them in Isaiah chapter 58 verses 6 through 8 is this not the fast I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light will break forth like the morning. Your healing will spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Some of our healings is waiting for us to be helping. Some of our miracles are waiting for us to be merciful. God wants to do some stuff, but he said, I'm not just asking y'all to miss meals and look cute in clothes bring some folk who ain't got nothing to eat to your table so that they can have something to eat also God is calling us to do something different now as I begin to talk about helping I feel the need to take a slight tangent right here and describe to you the difference between helping and enabling Because sometimes when we're trying to help folks, we end up hurting them because we're not helping them. To help somebody, and y'all should write this down or remember this real good. To help somebody, you are helping those who cannot help themselves. You are helping those who cannot do for themselves. Enabling is doing for those who can and should do for their own self. Did you all hear what I said? So I mean, just a, a brief example. My kids, when they were growing up, uh, and I still do it for my littlest son. I tie his shoes. I don't want him to fall, and he doesn't quite know how to do that. But now, if I have a 16-year-old, and I'm like, "Oh, sit down, baby. Let mommy tie your shoe," because I don't want to. I don't want you to fall. You know, I think I'm helping. But I'm not helping. If he big enough to be walking around, he need to fall. If he don't have sense enough to tie his own shoes. You understand what I'm saying? There are some things people can and should do for themselves. Now understand, I believe in helping. I have given some people in need everything I had. I'm not talking about everything I had in my purse at that moment. I mean I gave them everything and I didn't have nothing in the bank however there was some other people who I decided to help by saying no and I helped them I'm going to tell you I had I had a Dooney and Burke purse and you all will come to know me that I am cheap and I did not buy that purse somebody gave it to me Okay, y'all, y'all need to know that. And I was, they were walking through the, um, and I'm not mad at you if you bought your Dooney and Burke, you know, praise God, for, hallelujah. So they walking through the line, and they're like, see mommy, she got a Dooney and Burke purse, I got the wallet, but mine cost $400. Now I was challenged by this, because I knew that they couldn't put no money in the wallet in the refrigerator on the light bill for the rent. Cause they be asking me. And I'm like, you got a Dooney and Burke wallet? So the next time, cause see, as you can tell, I ain't been to the beautician in a couple decades. I don't get my hair done. So if you get your hair done and your nails done and all that kind of stuff, cause see, I'm in a two income home. So technically, I could get my hair done. But I choose to do something else. But now, you might need to have your hair looking like mine for a month or two, so take that hair money and put that for diapers. I'm just saying. Now, because sometimes, I mean, for those who can't do for themselves, I'm there. Come on, let's go get some diapers. But don't let me come to your house and your TV this big, and you got all of the channels and all of the high, high, high speed internet, faster than a speeding bullet, leaping over stuff, you understand what I'm saying? And I got a 24-inch and stuff. I choose not to make those kind of decisions. I shop at the Goodwill. I'm going to just put that out there. And if it's something that I want at Macy's, then I go and I say, Jesus, this suit right here, I need you to hold this suit the whole season and let it go on clearance. Now, I'm gonna tell you, one time I did that and God was faithful, he saved the suit in the size that I was at the time I prayed it. And when I went to go get the suit, I was a little bigger. So I had to tell, now Jesus, I want you to save this suit in the size I'ma be when it come up on clearance. And God is faithful. So what I'm trying to tell you, because the Bible says you reap what you sow. And so if you reap something, I shouldn't have to sow it. If I'm trying to manage my money and do the very best that I can with kingdom money or whatever, people come, you know, and they ask for money. I'll I'll give you money at least once. And and some of them, they may be on their way to to, uh, don't buy no drugs with this money. They may go do it. But you know what? My money is anointed. I get paid from the tithe. So go give my dollar to the drug dealer. I promise you it's going to eat up all his little dirty dollars in the name of Jesus. And so I don't mind giving. There are many people who cannot do for themselves. And God has called us to help them and do Many people can't find a job, been out looking for a job, and and ain't got nothing to eat. We have got a duty to help them. But now, if you stand with me and I come home from work tired and you ain't got up yet, and God bless you with the activity of your limbs just like he blessed me, then we might have a problem. I mean, I, just, I know this is a tangent. I just feel the need to share this with the people of God because sometimes as Christians, because people be like, that ain't Christian. You're supposed to help me. What would Jesus do? Jesus said, you reap what you sow. Jesus said, if you don't work, you don't eat. And so, I mean, Jesus, yeah, he fed the 5,000. Praise God. Amen. Because they couldn't do for themselves. There, the, the stores was closed. There wasn't nothing, nowhere, anywhere. And so here comes God, and he helps them, and he blesses them. When they in sin, he heals them. But then he said, now go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come up on you. Do you all hear what I'm saying? So I don't mean no harm. I don't mean no harm. I want us to help. I want us to help. See, Jeremiah couldn't do for himself. He was in the dungeon left to die. Now, if they threw him a ladder and he said, I don't feel like climbing today, can y'all lift me up? Then we might have a problem. So there is a difference between helping and enabling. And see, sometimes it's not that the alarm don't go off. That's why he can't keep a job. It's that stupid alarm. Sometimes... It's not that you talk with an accent or you black. Sometimes it's not any of those things. Sometimes it's good Christian people in your life reaping what you have sown. Sometimes it's people like us who think we're helping, but we're just enabling terrible consequences that continue to go in your life. And so I ask you, help those who need help. But those who don't, those who need to reap some consequences. It's a law of the kingdom. Then allow those things, those who can and should do for themselves. Do you all understand what I'm saying? I'll come back on that another day. The other the other caveat I need to throw in here too, because when we listen to these things and there's so much need out there and, it, and we want to help or we want to start helping, but it's like, but if I start with one, then everybody going to be coming and then we going to be in the poor house and then, you understand what I'm saying, and these commands, God is talking to His people, and not a person. When He is making these commands, they're in the first, they're in the, the um, they're in the plural, so He's talking to a group of people, and so if we all come together, He didn't tell Ebed Melek go by yourself. He said, okay. Take these 30 men with you. Y'all work it out and bring deliverance to the man. Do you all hear what I'm saying? Because yes, there is need. And we can meet the need if we all come together. Because your little and your little and my little become a lot when we place it in the master's hand. I mean, we serve a God who can feed Five thousand families with only two loaves—I mean, two fish and five loaves. So imagine what our God could do with like a hundred dollars. I mean, He probably could feed all of Moreno Valley with a hundred dollars and a whole bunch of faith. And so we can make tremendous change if we all do something. If you all will let me allow me one more, this will be my last tangent. Because we about to have potluck. And I got people who are tired. They be working so hard, providing us good food. They had to turn around and clean up and put the chairs up. And I mean, they had to shop all week. And if everybody did something, if everybody picked up two chairs and threw away five plates, You understand what I'm saying? If we all pitched in, then nobody had to be worn out. Nobody had to be, oh my goodness, I don't know if I could keep doing it. Do you all, are we here? So when we go over here, I mean, we all gonna help. We all gonna have that Ebed Malik anointing. Amen? We all gonna pick up chairs. We all go, because, I mean, as a matter of fact, we need to storm the kitchen when it's over and be like, you're not going to wash a dish because we got you. Because they ain't even in here to hear the sermon. Because they making sure the food ready and trying to figure out when I'm going to stop talking so that they can serve. So when I finish, we need to make sure that we are doing something. We got to sit in here in the cushy seats and just enjoying the Word. Let's all pitch in, amen? amen? Amen, amen. Okay, so I know I got to end. I took all them tangents, took all my time. So this is what I'm going to say right here. Do you all remember that story in Matthew where Jesus was talking about at the end of time when he was walk, welcoming everybody into heaven? And he's like, you know, because when I was naked, you you clothed me when I was in jail. You, you visited me when I was hungry. You fed me. And I was reading that this week. And it really blew my mind. Because I had this thought like God was letting in all these people, like with purple lips. Some of y'all know the kind of people that got purple lips. And then they got gang tattoos all over them. I mean... They wig is bigger than they dress. And so they all going into heaven, right? And God is giving this big speech, cause when I was hungry, you fit. when I was in prison, you and you know, and they sitting there like, whoa, he gonna let us in? We'll go. Tell they think they, you know, in case it's a mistake, just get in the gates. And then I could just see like one guy like. Yo, Jesus, can I talk to you for a second? And so he pulled him over, and this is like what the the scriptures say. He was like, you know, this is nice. This whole heaven thing, this is really nice. I mean, all I was doing was gold on my teeth, but you got it in your driveway. Jesus, you doing it big. Your gates all pretty and blinged out. You got pearls and, and rubies and stuff. Jesus, this is nice, and I appreciate you inviting me. For real, I do. I mean, I'm real glad to be here, Jesus. But see, I heard what you were saying, and I know I was in prison, and I was there with this guy, Jesus, but I don't really remember you. I don't really think it was me that was helping you. Jesus. I mean, I'm glad that you let me in and stuff, but see, like, right outside that gate, there's that this that man right there, the one looking at me all crazy. He went to my mom's church, and I know he be in church all the time, and so I'm thinking maybe it's some kind of mistake because, like, I'm in here, and he's out there, and he giving me this evil look and stuff, and so I was wondering maybe you could let him in because I know I don't deserve to be here. The Bible says that the people who got in asked Jesus, I mean, when when did I hook you up in prison? When did I do this? When did I do that? They're confused that they got in. You understand what I'm saying? And Jesus is like, no, cool. It's cool. You can stay. Because when you stood up for the new guy they was going to beat down, you was in the joint, when you kept visiting your your friend's mom and taking care of her because her real son was locked up, when you kept helping your friend who skipped out on that abortion and so you kept helping her because she decided to have the baby, when you was doing that for the least of these, you were doing that for me. And I want those kind of people to be my kind of people. Those are the ones... I went up in my crib with my bling bling. Because, see, a lot of times we think it's just about prophesying, praying, praising. And it is about those things. But we have got to do more. We have got to touch lives. We have made it. A lot of us are here, away from home. We are making our money. We're living in our houses. And we got family members that's struggling. Not that they can do for themselves. Some of them can't do for themselves. And they need our help. God is calling us to help. God is calling. That's what God wants to do for us. He wants to make you new. We don't have to be perfect to get started. When I was going over the sermon this this morning, I I, I saw this this thing right here. And this is a Weight Watchers Weekly. The date on here is February 6th. That probably was like the last time I went to Weight Watchers. See, I had a little medical episode a couple weeks ago. And the doctor told me that I needed to put some other things in my diet and I need to do some other things that wasn't conducive to Weight Watchers. And so for a couple weeks, I had to do those things. And then I started gaining weight. And so I was like, well, I can't go back to Weight Watchers because I gained weight. And so then the next week, I said, well, maybe next week, I'll go if I lose weight. So then the next week came, and I had gained some more weight. So I was like, ooh, I know I can't go to Weight Watchers now because I don't want to weigh in, and then they be judging me. Like, you know better than that. You know what you're supposed to be eating. Don't you have a book? You know, it's all in the good book. It tells you how to live. And so I said, I'm just going to, you know, get it right before I go get help. do You all hear what I'm saying? I mean, some of y'all thinking like, that's so stupid, but that's just me. I remember one time I, I, I needed help cleaning my house and so we were gonna have a maid service come in. And my husband woke up that morning and he was livid because I had stayed up all night till like three in the morning cleaning the house. Cause I didn't want him to come in the house and think I was dirty. And so I'm clean. and he's like, we got to pay these people. What they going to do? But I wanted to get it all together first before I got help. And the only reason why I'm sharing this is because God felt like, because I sure didn't want to tell y'all my business, but God felt like it was going to be some people in here that wanted to make a decision for Christ, that wanted to get their lives right with God, that wanted to make a decision, but they were like, you know what? I got to get it right first. I got to get my life together. I can't be going all up in that church, and then they be like, what was you doing? Don't you got a Bible? Don't you know that's wrong? And so if I could just get my life together, sure I am not alone. There are some people in here as the musicians begin to play God wants to clean up your life. I mean you've been trying to do it and trying to do it. I've been trying to do it and I've been gaining away every single week. And God's like take your tail to Weight Watchers. Instead of trying to do it without help. Go get the help you need. And some of us need help. I mean, I'm talking about in areas. I'm not talking about enabling. I'm talking about God wants to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Because when your life was in your own hands, a hot mess. But God wants to change you. He wants to rearrange you. He wants all of you and there's some people under the sound of my voice he's saying don't worry about who's in here who's looking at you today this message is for you God is calling you he wants you to let him be Lord of your life you hear God calling you and you want to say yes I invite you to get out of your seat and join me down front. I have a very special prayer I'm going to pray into your life. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Self-aware. Inviting you to come out of your seat. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Father, I want you to take control of my life. That's your prayer today. I give myself away so you. Come on, sing that with me. I give myself away. Say it again, I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. So you can use me. I give myself away. Oh God, hear our prayer. give myself Lord I give myself away so you can use me there's some people in here God is calling you he wants to transform your life he wants to change your life and he's calling you to step out on faith, to get out of your seat, I want you to come down front. What's going to happen when you come down front? I'm going to pray for you. And I am going to pray that God's blessing move mightily in your life. I am going to pray that God cleanses you, washes you, makes you clean. I am going to pray for power. Your life is going to be filled with power from here on out. You're not going to go home the same way you came. Now, this thing is so good, I'm not going to beg you to come, but I just want you to come. Come, come, come. And God is going to do something miraculous in your life. Somebody clap their hands and praise the Lord in this place. Is there somebody else? God is calling. God is calling. God is calling. He wants to transform you. Give myself away. I promise you, it'll be the best decision you ever made. Give my you to come. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. God bless you. Hallelujah. Is there someone else? Is there someone else? Okay, come close. Come close. Let's pray. Our gracious heavenly father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, father, I pray that you would be with and that you would cleanse every single person who is standing down here lord in the name of jesus i pray that you would indeed break every yoke i pray that you would break every stronghold i pray that you would undo heavy burdens i pray that if they're bound you would let them go free in the mighty name of jesus father you said in your word if we confess our sins you are faithful and just to forgive us you said that if anybody is in christ They're a new creature in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would make them new, oh God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with your power. Fill them with your power, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you would fill them with the Holy Ghost, oh God them to walk right that you would allow them to live right that you would allow them to talk right oh God in the name of Jesus Lord I pray that you would change their lives Lord I speak blessing and anointing over them oh God in the name of Jesus and your angels that excel in strength oh God to beat back every demon in hell that thinks they have their hands on these oh God they belong to you and when the enemy launches his attack reinforcements from heaven to keep them, oh God. You said that you are the God that keeps us from falling. And so in the name of Jesus, oh God, grant them staying power, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Give them staying power. Give them Holy Ghost power. Give them anointing, oh God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would wash away their mistakes and their sins I pray that you would forgive them and free them from every addiction, every sin, oh God, and allow them to walk in the newness of life. And Father, when all is said and done, we promise that we will give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. For we ask it in the worthy name of Jesus. Amen and amen.